Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So last week, we uh, talked a little bit about our initial impressions from WWDC and what um, was specifically new and interesting and uh, exciting about watchOS. Uh, today, we're going to tackle probably the more most important um, of, the, of the platforms that Apple talks about. You know, in their keynote, they've said they have all these platforms now. They have watchOS, macOS, iOS, and tvOS. Um, iOS is certainly the most significant of those, I would imagine, um, at least in terms of users and probably in terms of like business, too. And in terms of developers, for sure. Yeah. And so it seems like the one we, should, we wanted to make sure we had enough time to sort of really chew on what was announced um, and kind of just go through it. Um, but before we actually get into exactly what has changed in it, I wanted to briefly mention how at least I go about doing this, um, where I go through the doc, like the under developer portal, there's a couple of documents that whenever any, any new OS comes out, I always read this. Um, there's the, like the what's new guide, um, where it's just like a nice little brief summary, like a bulleted list where Apple pull, pulls out all of the high level features that have changed, that are new, that are interesting. Um, there's the human interface guidelines will often have a little updated section. Um, which they do this time where they talk about how the notifications and widgets look different, how Siri integration looks um, from a human interface perspective. And then there's the really thick and terse one, which is the actual API diffs document, um, which is every single bit of code in Apple's um, a- 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 APIs, SDK, the whole thing is shown there. So every every method that was added, every method that was removed or deprecated or changed is listed out there. And I'll go through um, and anywhere there's a new beta or update, I'll go through all of those places to make sure that I'm aware of everything that's changed. Because we've gotten to a point with iOS now where the changes are more, there's way more things that change than I care about. The platform is just way too expansive to really um, pay attention to everything. And so what I need to do, though, is make sure that I understand what's changed because every now and then there'll be this little nugget like something's changed in ui table view something's changed in some kind of ui kit framework or foundation thing that will make my job either easier or make something possible that previously i was stuck on and so i want to be aware of it uh, but most of those i just kind of skim through if there's nothing in it for me like when i get it gets down deep into the metal stuff or the really you know crazy game stuff i'm like i'm just skimming this to make sure that there's nothing in there for me but I'm pretty sure I'm just going to skip on. There was also the whole dark period where there were diffs because the method signatures had changed, but they had only changed in ways of like annotations for nullability or changing ID to instance type or things like that. And so like there was this period like during the Swift transition, uh, which I think we might be just about done with in, in these diffs, where it would show almost everything was different. You'd have to really skim through to pick out like what, what had actually changed in a meaningful way. And that's actually something that I still run now. I, you can, in Safari, you can specify a custom user style sheet. Um, and so with the, in those particular cases, they actually all had the same uh, CSS tag oh. on, the, on the divs. And so I would just, I, I just hid them. So when oh. I'd go through, all the modified blocks uh, would go away, <laughs> which I still actually run because I think we're on the outside of that. Um, but typically, a modif- when a, an API is modified, it usually was just one of those kinds of things because Apple doesn't tend to change something in a way that would be a functional change. And so I can just hide those all away. So that's a little pro tip. If you find the modification blocks and the diffs too too much, you can just add a, a user style sheet to block any diff with a class modified and it'll go away. Of course, you would have solved this problem in an automated way. That's what I do. 
in general, that's it's been an interesting year, I'd say, in terms of working out what's going on. Like this is the, the first year we're on the iOS side. There's only a few things that really jump out at me as like, oh goodness, I need to spend the summer working on this stuff. You know, I'll probably spend most of my summer on the watch. Uh, because on the iOS side, things didn't change dramatically unless you're in a ver- in, in a certain and specific type of application, um, and which is, I guess, what we'll go through. Because for my, it seems from my initial look, the two things that most apps are going to be need need to make sure they're aware of are the changes to the way widgets work and the way that notifications work. The low hanging fruit of changing, you know, massively changing things about UI kit or massively changing things about system frameworks. Uh, you know, every year they have they have done something like that. And it just seems like this year is like the lightest of those years. You know, this is iOS 10 now, iOS version 10. And we've had all these years to mature this platform. And, and Apple has had all these years to like figure out what these frameworks should do, how they should work. And the rate of change is going to affect all of us I think that rate is permanently slowed down now. I, I don't think we're ever going to get back to a point, un, you know, until maybe there's like an entirely new OS platform with entirely new frameworks that replace all of these. But I think we're probably a ways off from that. So I don't think we're going to get back to that point where like we're going to have to spend all summer like redoing major stuff because Apple fundamentally changed the way something works or made something like vastly easier for most apps. Now instead, we have these fairly minor improvements to the frameworks and major new areas of apps functionality that that is now possible you know things like apps like messages apps which we'll talk talk about but even those i feel like we we've hit this low-hanging fruit point even with that kind of thing where like it used to be that when apple would would like open up new ground like when they added the the extension system lots of apps could use some kind of extension in ios what was that eight that they added extensions yes ios eight right so that you know that was like Almost every developer had something they could do, whether it was using the new APIs then or whether it was like, you know, oh, now I can add an extension for my app. But now it's 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 getting narrower and narrower just because like all that low hanging fruit's been picked. So now it's like, OK, well, now you can make an app in messages, but that's going to make sense for relatively few apps. Uh, now you can make, you know, you can have a Siri I- integration, but because of the limitations placed on that, again, that's going to only be possible or sensible for a, a handful of, of app types. And so as we add these more things, like it, it's kind of nice, you know, it's it, in a way it's bad because it's kind of, it's, it's less, it's less exciting for most developers, every, you know, every year when, when there's less that they can do that's new and interesting, but it's, it's also nice that like, we're not like having our whole summers blown on basically churn on, on things that, that either, our users don't see like having to rewrite frameworks or anything or things that just everybody will consider table stakes and we won't kind of get like credit for them among our users like iOS 7 redesigns. So it's kind of nice that like I think we can we can spend our time better with this rate of change, uh, you know, given limited time in the summer. Exactly. And I mean, and the only thing that's a slight downer, um, at least from the way that I tend to do things, is that I think there are fewer sort of bit new opportunities um, where a lot of I've made you know, sort of I've, I've run my business on spending the summer adopting new things and you know in you know come September having a handful of new apps that are all taking advantage of the new stuff um, to try and take advantage of that and I think increasingly there are things that I'm like I don't have a ride hailing service that I'm going to build a messaging or Siri integration for like that's a way bigger problem than something that I could, you know, t- could reasonably tackle. And so it's interesting to 
you know, when I'm going through part of when I go through all these diffs and all these what's new, I'm always going through it with the filter of could I make an interesting app to do that? Could I make, you know, is there an opportunity here? And looking for those little opportunities and nuggets. And this year, like I have, I have, you know, I have, I've decided what my new app is going to be for the summer because I can't go a summer without making a new app because like that just wouldn't be right. Just one? Um, just one. But it's just going to be just one this year. And it's going to, it's, and it's not a radical new departure. It's, you know, it's, it's more in kind of the health and fitness area that I've been setting up camp in because there's not a new big opportunity that I've seen um, that it makes sense for me to dive into at this point. And so like, that's what I'm going to do. And that's nice in some ways that it'll make my summer a lot simpler, but there is definitely this interesting tension that as the platform has gotten so mature, there are fewer of these kind of new little uh, frontiers being created um, at least certainly ones that can be, you know, sort of taken advantage of by smaller teams. Yeah, I mean, the, I feel like that's kind of inevitable. Like, I, I don't think there's anything Apple could have done to prevent that that slowdown of of new growth. I mean, they gave us the whole watch and the whole TV. <laughs> we have like, these whole new platforms that are that are being fairly underused by developers for various reasons. Um, so that you know, those might open up more in the future. Um, but again, but that's the kind of thing where like. You know, on iOS, uh, you know, on the phone and, and the iPad, you have good reasons to use lots of different kinds of apps as a user. As there's lots of market for that. When they open up new platforms, like on the watch, the watch is a new platform with you know wide open space for the most part, especially with with Watch OS three, as we talked about last week, being so radically different and new. But it, there's also only so many app types that are compelling enough to use on the watch that actually makes sense to use on the watch. So like. You can't, you know, if your business is something that doesn't really make sense on the watch, you know, you might have a great business on iOS and just they release a whole new platform and there's just kind of nothing for you to do there. TV is also very similar. I, I think TV is slightly more broad than the watch, but only so many app types will make sense on the TV. And only James Thompson could put a calculator there. <laughs> With a game controller. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> so, so yeah, like, you know, so as they open up these new platforms and everything... Again, it's similar to to the iOS enhancements that we got this year. It's really, really good for a narrow subset of app types, but it's not going to be universal. Exactly, but you know, it's fine. And I think there's certainly some work for us to be done. Like, oh yeah, um, especially I think the, uh, the whole new notification system that they added um, was the one that I was going through when I was trying to prepare for today and looking through. Like, what is the thing that is most apps are probably going to need to or would like to take advantage of? is they have this great new notification system, which uh, the number of apps that in some ways use notifications is pretty broad. Um, I know a couple of my apps do it. Obviously, Overcast does. Like it's a, And they've, I love seeing, I saw this in a couple of the sessions this year where they've, they're taking, they're not fundamentally changing what's possible. And there's a few things that are new and possible, like in the notification system um, that you can do now that you couldn't do before. Like you can add user notifications from the watch that you couldn't do before, but on iOS, then functionally they'll be fairly similar. Um, you can add media attachments now, I think was like one of the big new things. Um, and you can have a slightly more in sort of sophisticated, expanded view for notification. But the thing that I love is rather than just adding stuff, they just said, okay, we've learned a lot of lessons from the old way that we used to do notifications from like way back in the day when notifications were a very different thing. Like I can't remember exactly when notifications were added to iOS, but it was probably like iOS 4, iOS 3, something like that. It was a really old API. And so they said, we've, we've learned a lot since then. Honestly, I think it might've been five. It's, I mean, that's still, that's still five years ago. Yeah, true. It was iOS 5. 
Um, and so I love that they just they took that and they just made it better. Like the new API makes a lot more sense, is a lot more flexible and dynamic and fits the way people use notifications better. Um, and I saw that in notifications. I also saw it like they have a whole new ca- image capture system um, for if you're a camera app for recording things. Like they took what we used to be kind of like a very old and kind of awkward API and they said, we're going to make a new one that's a lot better. Um, and I like seeing that that kind of um, improvement on the platform too, where these aren't things that, like we were just saying that they're uh, like broadening this new frontier for what's possible. They're taking something old that kind of works right now, but they can make better and they can make the quality of life for users that little bit better. And so they're going ahead and taking advantage of that. And there's always the tricky thing with these where it's like, well, if I adopt the new thing, I have to you know, only support iOS 10 and those types of concerns. But otherwise, these are these great little things that if you're doing notification work, it'll now be a lot easier. The API will make a lot more sense. And everyone, everything sort of along those lines will be so much better. And I love seeing those little improvements. Also, I mean, you know, in regards to, to requiring iOS 10, I mean, you have pretty good data on, on, you know, your adoption rates. I think in general, iOS 10 adoption is going to be substantially faster than previous versions because Apple learned something important with some of their recent point updates. They learned that putting in new emoji equals incredibly fast updating among the user base. Yeah. And in 10, not only uh, there's probably new emoji I, I would imagine. Not but not only that, there's this entire new messages uh, app capability set that is very much in that same vein and I think people are going to upgrade very quickly to get the new iMessage stuff. Yes, I, I think the only thing that is going to would, would slow it down at all is that they iOS 10 is the first one in a while that dropped device support. Um, so it dropped support for the iPad 2, 3, and 4, and the original Mini, and it dropped support for the 4S, uh, I think. So there are, is a, you know, a non-insignificant number of devices that just can't upgrade. Right. Especially if you have an iPad app. Yeah. Um, but even more strongly, I think it's going to age out those devices in a good way because I think it's even, like, I just bought a new iPad. Um, I didn't actually own an iPad that could run iOS 10. And so I just, ha- I, I had to go and buy one in order to do, do development. And so I was like, I went and bought an iPad. It's a hard life we, we lead. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, but it, it speaks something to the platform that I, the last iPad I bought was an iPad 4. Um, but it was, it's like, I, that's when I, that's when I sort of stopped upgrading every year on the ipad um and it's interesting that certainly not everyone's an ios developer who's in, who now is in my situation where they kind of lost interest in the ipad and now like well if i'm going to have any application running ios 10 i need to to do it and of course i also got an ipad for swift playgrounds because that is so fun um but i think there's going to be like you said there's, there's all these extra forces that are pushing people to new devices that this fall say on the iphone it's like if you were on a, if you were on a 4s and you were just kind of hanging on with that 4s there'll be this extra push to try and get you to do it because you're going to get all these messages from people that don't make sense or look weird um it's like on with the emoji one it was always you'd get what is it it was it's like a black ghost emoji or something that you would get if they sent you an emoji that was you didn't support yet you get these weird looking things that make or like what is what's going on and then you, i'm sure you have a conversation like why'd you send me this weird this weird emoji and it's like well no it looks great on my you know it's, it's a taco on my screen <laughs> um and then they'll go and you know it's, it's these little extra things so yeah i mean based on what i've seen in my data more recently like adoption rates are such that there's a good chance i'll go ios 10 only across all my um core apps 
Um, it's a little bit risky to do that in some ways, but um, it just makes things so much simpler that I think and adoption is such that it's usually at least half of my users are running iOS 10 within the first week or so, um, which is pretty good. And then you get to close to like 80%, maybe by a month later. And so it's pretty nice to be able to just say, you know what, I'm giving up a few sales and a few downloads, but I can make my code a lot cleaner. I can update things. Um, and especially I run into a lot of weird issues with watch stuff because you, in order to use the watch, the watch three, they need to have upgraded to iOS 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, I don't know how that will work if you upgraded to iOS 10, but not to watch OS, like there's a lot of weird uh, com- compatibility issues that I think I could just sidestep by saying, you know what, iOS 10, watch OS three, um, and just go from there. And, it's nice um, to do be in a place that we can do that um, sort of roughly from day one. Our sponsor this week is CocoConf. CocoConf is a technical conference series for Apple developers. This fall, CocoConf will be coming to Washington, D.C. area on September 9th and 10th and to San Jose on November 4th and 5th. Speakers this year include Matt Drance, Jamie Newberry, Daniel Steinberg, Laura Savino, Mike Ash, Danny Gregg, and James Dempsey. And listeners of our show can use code under the radar to save 20% on those tickets for DC and San Jose. Now, you can go to their site and see their videos from some past events, and you can see, like, they get great speakers, they have great production value, they have great technical content, and, and great other content as well. Check out, if you're going to be in DC on September 9th and 10th, or San Jose on November 4th and 5th, check out these events. Use code under the radar to save 20% on those tickets for DC and San Jose. And thank you so much again to CocoConf for sponsoring our show. So in the new stuff, are there any particular APIs that you look at it for Overcast and you think, you know what, I'm excited about that. Like That's my first thing to dive into and start adding to my app. Really, and I mean, number one for me is is the, the kind of boring thing where, oh, now I have a reason to make what used to be called a Today widget. Uh, and you know, now it's just a widget. And that's great. I never had a reason to before because I didn't think anybody would put a their podcast app play controls or whatever into notification center. I didn't think that made much sense when you have control center right there. Uh, but now widgets are in more places and they're everywhere. So I'm going to certainly you know try to take advantage of that uh, as long as they are now allowing buttons and widgets. Uh, we will find out. <laughs> uh, as long as I don't do calculations, maybe that'll be allowed. But anyway, um, so I'm going to try to do widget stuff. I'm going to try to you know adopt the new notification APIs and you know just, so just kind of enhancements all over the place, like stuff like that. Um, there's the speech recognizer, which is interesting, but the way it works, you know, cause like the idea of using a speech recognizer in a podcast app sounds pretty cool. If you could like provide a live transcript of what's being said, unfortunately, the, the limitations and realities of that API are such that that's not really a compelling use for it or even necessarily allowed or possible use for it. Uh, but there's all sorts of like little stuff all over the place, you know, little API enhancements, things like the new a- the new animation APIs. Um, but for the most part, like I can't use SiriKit because my app doesn't it, like the the intents that they've created in SiriKit so far don't include like media playback control. Uh, so I really can't do anything there. Enhancements to things like uh, Core Audio and AV Foundation don't really apply to the way I do things. Uh, so for the most part, I'm just looking at like. Just general app improvements, you know, with the exception of like, you know, the the big, big new widget. I'm I'm almost certainly going to rewrite my app for Watch OS three and see if I can juice Watch app usage that way. Because right now my Watch app usage is pretty low, and I, I attribute that to a combination of my app 
just sucking and also apps on the watch in general sucking. Um, so, you know, I'm going to hopefully try to fix that and see if that boosts the usage there. But no, for the most part, it's, it, it's going to be a summer of like, you know, of basically incremental enhancements uh, to the product. And that's honestly great because now there's like new things I can do, you know, these new APIs that make some of that easier or make some, some things, you know, better or possible that weren't before. But it's nothing like absolutely major that I feel like, oh my God, I'm never going to make it. I have to get all the stuff done by the fall. And I'm probably going to require iOS 10 on day one because I'm probably going to roll this all into like a 3.0 update um, and make it like, you know, a big update. And then, then I, don't, I don't have to worry about all the, you know, compatibility loading of stuff and everything. Sure. And it's, it is a nice thing to look at your summer and say, it's not like, okay, I'm on this crazy march to the end of the summer that like, if you're not there on absolute day one, it's not as sort of significant as if you're versus if it's one of these things or it's this brand new thing that is, you know, like you really want to be part of that news cycle. It's like if you didn't end up shipping on day one, it may not be as big of a deal because these are just in incremental improvements rather than like these whole cloth, like, wow, this whole new thing is possible. It's amazing. Right. I mean, I, I could ship like three weeks in and it wouldn't really matter. Yeah, because I think I looked at it um, at the calendar and my gut, like if I had a guess, I would say that um, iOS 10 is going to launch um, on the 21st of September would be my guess oh come on i know you, this is not a guess that you have a distribution so what, what's the likelihood <laughs> you probably have a graph here well because the the event is almost the the fall event is almost always the second tuesday in september <laughs> yes i knew you'd know this the only reason that it has not been the second tuesday was when the second tuesday was the day after labor day <laughs> um which was when it falled on it which was a weird thing because labor day was as late as it could possibly be because labor day in the u.s is the first monday in september but anyway so usually the event is the second tuesday in september and <laughs> ios will usually launch the following wednesday with the new phones launching the following friday wow and that's based on that's not like based on like some kind of rumor or insight that's just like looking at the calendar um, and so I think that means we have roughly, it's like 58 work days between now and then. Um, and so sometimes I've looked at, at, you know, been at this point in this, in the, in the summer and been like, okay, I have 58 days. I was like, I need, I have to do all these things. Like, wow, this is intimidating. And this year it's a little less, like there's just not as much. Like I look at say like, yeah, like the Siri thing, which is this huge new API that's really kind of compelling and interesting um, in some ways. And I think the way they built it was really clever and flexible with this sort of intent system rather than it being like a very, um, on the one hand, you could imagine a Siri thing that was really unintelligent, that it's just like passing strings to apps and hoping that the apps could work it out. Um, but that gets really complicated with localization and all kinds of issues like that. And so instead they've done this kind of clever intense system that also means they can use it in other places. Like that's how you build, I believe like maps integration is with exactly the same code as you'd use for Siri integration. Um, so that's really cool. But I, other than starting and stopping a workout, which is a really simple use case for Siri, um, which I'll probably do like in, you know, pedometer plus plus you can start a workout. And so maybe I'll make it so you can start the workout from Siri. Sure. Why not? Um, but otherwise it's like, there's not much there. And like a messages app, I, I mean the messaging system and that part of the keynote I looked at and I was like, I, I feel old. I, I feel like yeah. I use messaging, um, in a way that is just not compatible with where, where this is going. Um, and that makes me feel uh, nervous to try and dive into that. Like all I'll probably do on messaging is add a couple of sh like sharing things to my apps. Cause there's a useful thing where if you share, 
um, using the Messages app and you share from your app, they'll, the person who receives that, if they don't have your app installed, will get a little option to say like, hey, would you like to install this app? Yeah, that's. I'm looking forward to that for sure. That is a no-brainer to try to support that. Sure, because I mean, like even yeah, like in Overcast, it's like if someone, if you, if I were to send somebody an episode and say like, hey, you know, you know, listen to this cool episode, this cool new episode of Connected, um, and they don't happen to have the Overcast client installed, that you know, it, right there, I think they can even inst- like they'll just tap it, and if it's a free app, probably it'll just install. Um, so there's a lot of things there that are like cool little bits and pieces but you know it's nice and um that's a nice feeling to look at the summer and not be overwhelmed um in a way that i have in some years and so i look forward to ios 10 and it's like the fall will be nice and then it's like it sounds like that, that there's not some crazy new piece of hardware that we're gonna have to support um so maybe it'll just be a nice quiet summer well we just don't know about the new hardware yet maybe <laughs> that'll come in 10.1 <laughs> In 10.1, all of a sudden, everything goes crazy, and that, that ruins our holidays because it comes out like the beginning of December or something. Right. Oh, now we have a round iPad. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and I, I think, you know, if you look at, at what's available, you know, like we, I said earlier that, like, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, new ground, but there is new ground. And I think this is, this is going to be a great opportunity for people, maybe not us. But I mean, you and me, maybe not us, like with our apps and what we tend to do. But I think there are opportunities. There is new ground. Messages is a really big deal. And it's a really big deal kind of on the level that Snapchat is a really big deal where like I don't understand it and I'm not really the target audience and I will probably never understand it. But it's huge and there's a good potential there. You know, there have been messaging apps that have been huge in the world that have like mini apps inside of them. And I can't, I can't even tell you whether that's like WeChat or Line or both. I don't, I, I know it's one of those maybe, but I can't even tell you which one. <laughs> but I know this is a big thing. So like that is a big opportunity for people who are in that ecosystem and for people who are kind of, who, who understand it better than we do. Um, so there, there are opportunities here for sure. And, you know, and even though you know, Siri, the Siri stuff is limited, but it's still there. There's still new stuff you can do. Uh, the the maps integration where you can now have like maps apps like that's also there. That's a thing. It's maybe not for for anything that you and I currently do, but there's stuff there. Like there are so there are areas here that are new ground. And and I will I will simply close this argument by saying that you know last year was the release of content blockers, and I was sitting in the in the session. I was sitting there and I was thinking. You know, I can make a content blocker that would be really good, but there's going to be a thousand of these things on day one, and I'm just going to get buried, and everyone's going to make this, and that's it. And even and so I decided later in the summer to actually do it, and there was the whole peace debacle, and you know that was unfortunate on a number of levels. But the fact remains that on day one, I launched this content blocker in this new area that was that was just opened up, thinking there would be thousands of other apps, and I would just be buried under this flood. And there weren't. There were like four. Like it was, it was such a small number of actual content bloggers that were out there on day one. So if you, if there's an area that's opened up now that wasn't opened up before, don't assume that there's going to be a million app, app developers that rush in there and bury you. If you can be there on day one with something good that was not possible before, you actually have a pretty good chance of seeing some success. So, you know, don't basically don't let the size of the app store dissuade you from trying some when it when there's a new area like this being opened up. Yeah, and I think that's especially that is 
this is if you ever like I often hear from people who talk about like they wish they they wanted to make their own apps, but they don't really know when or why or like when and when to do it or how to do it or how to get like, I don't know if I have a good idea is like a, an excuse I often hear it. This is the best time you're ever going to have to make a new app is when there's a new iOS update. Go through the diffs, go through the what's new, find something that couldn't be possible before that is now possible and make an app around that. And it may be a small niche thing, but there are plenty of small niches that can make um, at least the go- a good start for a sustainable business. And so it's a great time to spend your summer doing that, um, especially if there's not a lot of other things that you need to do. Find something new. Find a little a little niche that you can go into and maybe it'll be the, you know, the tip of a wedge to open up a new opportunity for you. Exactly. All right. And with that, we are out of time this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Bye.